0: Welcome back, everybody, to another h video game experience. Hollywood Cole and Clearfire are here again, and today we have uh, Dustin with us. What is up, brother? How you guys doing? I'm doing well. well. That's good to hear, dude. We are, um, got something interesting today. Dustin, well, first let me do an introduction for Dustin. Dustin is a uh, writer for the uh, Clarion Legend newspaper in Mississippi, also Scott County Times, and a uh, personal friend of ours, so... We've decided to try to do a fan versus hater for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm being a fan. Uh, Clear, do you like uh, Breath of the Wild? So far. So far? Cool. Uh, Dustin's got a lot of uh, comments to say on it, um, so he will be the hater today. And we're going to try to do this. Uh, we also want to give you guys a little bit of um, kind of a, just our history, our experiences with Zelda as we grew up. Not a whole in-depth, step-by-step for each Zelda or anything, but just kind of talk about Zelda as a whole there. Um but anyway dude, uh before we jump
1: into that, Claire, do you got any news? So, I got some uh very random news. Um today it was uh, I've seen it came across my flipboard and I just wanted to say this to any of our listeners out there and especially in the Chicago area. Um soon PlayStation is actually going to start charging you a 9% amusement tax just for the people <laughs> in Chicago. So, I just want to throw that out there. That and sounds like something a city would do. It's just it's just crazy. So uh, you, you gotta you gotta think about it. You're gonna be A nine percent amusement tax. It's a nine percent amusement tax. Xbox is not amusing enough to get taxed. <laughs> is I, you know what I'm saying? Think it, about it's, it. It's it's just starting with the PlayStation users, and I think it's gonna migrate over to Xbox as well. But it's just hilarious that it's you're gonna have to pay a nine percent. They, they call it, it's been called amusement tax, it's been called cloud tax, but basically you're going to be paying a tax on you getting to play your video game now. They're going to tax you for playing your video games. Some gangster stuff right there, dude. It's for, just with, wild.
0: With, with Sony only, you know, that's what's so weird about it. Why is Sony
1: the first one to do this thing? I mean, that... Who where's knows? Where's
0: Sony? Yeah, I mean, I don't know.
1: That's I mean, just weird. Well, I mean, it's just like with Sony holding out on the cross-platform play. I mean, it, it's like, okay, well, let's do something now to try to make up for doing, for opening up for that cross-platform play because, you know, now they're trying to open the doors saying, oh, yeah, we can do it. We, we finally worked it out, knowing good and well that they had that open months and years ago. So so they just charge that to the annual fee or something? Yeah, it's going to be tacked on to the annual fee, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, That's how they're going to start doing it is whenever you uh, purchase your uh, PSN, it's going to be charged there so if you buy it in store it'll be there if you buy it through the um, PSN network it will be tacked onto there um, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle that and it's just it's crazy so Dustin are you an investigative
2: journalist I uh, just mainly covering <laughs> entertainment with the, the ledger uh, movies I do politics in the uh, in the local paper in the local paper here but you, Do you have a little card that says like
0: press and all that? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get one. Because if this comes
1: down to Mississippi, somebody's going to have to bust a bubble on this. And so what makes this even wilder, too, I'm reading further into it, um, it's going to affect ju- not only PlayStation Plus, but PlayStation Now, the PlayStation's rental service. So if you subscribe to PlayStation Now, you're going to also have to pay the 9% tax on PlayStation Now. So, uh, it seems like they really are hard getting into it. If you download a game, you're not going to get the extra tax on it. It's just to anything that can be subscriptions, uh, per, per event fees, and otherwise, kind of things like that. So, like, if you, if you have to pay to play the game for an hour, then they're going to charge you 9% tax on that.
2: It doesn't so. make any sense, though, because the Internet's an infinite resource. <laughs> yeah,
1: that hurts the city of Chicago. Uh, well, you know, the city of Chicago, they might be hurting for, for money and this is an yeah, easy way, easy way for them to get get a little extra money. So, but yeah, I just All thought right. that was, thought that was crazy. So I'm gonna pass that out. Um, also too, for any of you guys that are going to be playing Fallout 76, please be prepared to have quite a bit of space on your hard drive. Fallout 76 has a 54 gig day one patch. This is not the game. This is the first patch for the game. Every game nowadays has a day one this patch, a fifty-four gig day one patch. So that tells you there's a little bit that's jacked up in that game. This is so really game. Buyer, 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 beware on that one. That 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 one's seemingly. I'm only going to be able to have now. one one game on
2: my whole hard drive soon. This is this is really running gaming. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's,
1: into the into the rumors of going to a cloud-based gaming style where you have to kind of like do almost what PlayStation now has. I mean, it's going to hurt gaming so much if they go that way. So, um, hoping and praying that they don't. I hope they stay with the physical media and not going to digital media only. That's bad, man. I mean, I got I had to download had to download a uh, patch for or an update for
0: World War Two today. And it—I was telling telling you guys earlier that um, I had to de- to delete like an extra. I had like eighty or ninety gigs free, and I had to delete another game sixty something gigs to have a hundred fifty gigs just to download an update. Yep. It's so stupid. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so everybody's getting the two terabyte now, but I mean, I need to. And I know coaches told me to buy the uh, the. Um, A hard drive that just plugs right in like what is it usb 3.0 we're on now or whatever yeah you can buy a plug-in hard drive or you can buy a hard drive to replace yours
1: i'm gonna 3.0 well a 3.0 would it just be able to uh pull straight off of that yeah you can pull straight from it i mean you're not going to actually be running any of your content from that from that bigger storage hard drive you're just going to be pulling uh your main data over so that first initial hit is going to be sluggish but it's not it shouldn't be too bad um I would always advise, if you can and have the ability to, to replace your main hard drive and upgrade it. That way you won't lose any speed. But that's, you know, up to the person. I mean, it definitely is beneficial to be able to plug up a hard drive just to USB and go like that. So, yeah. Um, it's two terabyte. The largest, the largest one you can get that'll no, fit you the PS4. Can, you can go bigger. Just to, if, 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 do you have the money? I mean, it's it's gonna cost. I mean, you can get. Well, see, if, I thought it was certain ones that only fit fit in the uh-uh. PS4. So PS4 will only take the uh, what the the uh, basically it's the like laptop style hard drives. And it, I think it's like a is that two point five size drives, and I think it's three point five that are the larger size. So if you just get a normal laptop size hard drive which you can get an ssd that goes up to a terabyte you can get uh the hybrids i think they go up to four terabytes and then of course you can get a normal just uh platter style and it'll go up to uh, probably go eight to twelve terabytes just if you have the money to go that much then there you go well so does it matter if you get an ssd or a plate for this matters for speed it i mean it's like you said it wasn't pulling though it, it well when you're when you're running a game, it's got to read some of the memory. You know, you can't just have it all in random access memory. You've got to have some over you know over there from from there. So it's going to be pulling some from your hard drive. It's got to, it takes the time to access it and load it into the system. So that load time, that beginning time, you know, let's just take. A, I hate to use this example, but it's just the easiest one I can. Destiny two. So let's take this for example. You know when you um, are in your ship ready to load down into um, whatever map you're going to? That yeah. time right there is when they're transferring all the data that they need to load that map or render that map for you during that time when you're flying. That's their load screen. Yeah. What it does is, is if you go with an SSD, that that screen will be super short because it gonna, it's going to load it 10 times faster. With a hybrid drive, it's also going to load it faster. The way, the way a hybrid drive works is it basically has RAM on it, so it stores the memory. After so long, it speeds it up even faster to load into that specific game or doing that specific task. And then, of course, you've got your standard platter-style hard drive, which comes standard in all the systems. That's the slowest, of course. Okay. So you can change it up either way like that. Um, And then the one other bit of news that I have is on the PlayStation Mini that's coming out. Uh, So it's been... They've found out now that that Sony decided to use the popular emulator, the PCSX. So basically that emulator that you can get for free out there right now is what PlayStation decided to use as their system to run it. So... Can your Raspberry Pi emulator? Yeah, it's all, it's on my Raspberry Pi right now. It's all RetroPie. It's part of RetroPie. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah, it's stuff that you can get for free. You know, they just and keep it, going further and further down this yeah, it's uh, it's, it's hole here. It's it's open source hardware. So I mean, it, did it's, you
0: see the uh, interface already? I, I haven't seen, seen that. A, I've I haven't seen a seen the picture of it. yet. And I'm assuming that it's the right one, but it's literally just a uh, it's uh you get a square of the game just like, you know, I guess the disc or a picture. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know how to even describe it, but then it rotates, and then the next square, you know, bigger, then it rotates, and it rotates. It's in the center screen. It's not like a side-scroller like on the other two, Super NES Mini and NES Mini. And then you get one save file for each game, supposedly.
1: But, I mean, dude. I'm sorry, Nintendo's done it the best. Well, of course. I mean, the they best. would? They they they've smoked. Dustin it. probably didn't think so, but they did.
2: <laughs> no, they've yeah. uh, they've got a bigger first party lineup. I, I or just the interface too. I mean, Sony's lineup is you know the original PlayStation was mostly third party driven. Very true. So yeah. yeah. So it it's. I don't know. They're, they're all novelty devices, though. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. That's that's what they are. And then speaking of novelty devices, N64 Mini still hitting the rumor mill. They still expect that the Nintendo Direct that's happening later this month is going to announce the N64 Mini. So be on the lookout. There's been more renderings hit the hit the internet. Um, just keep your eyes out if that's what you're looking for. Um, I think it would be a really smart move if they dropped that for Christmas for the holiday season because yeah, really. it, it it would really it really be big for them. And, I mean, everybody's clamoring for the next mini system from Nintendo. They, they've done it. They've done the best job to date. And I, I really would like to see what they can do with the N64 mini. I don't think it's going to hit before Christmas, man. I mean, it needs yeah. to, but it just seems like it's just pushed too late. I really, I really here. feel. Well, I feel like it's too late in the game as well, too. You've got to have a little bit of buzz going for it. And, and yeah, don't get me kids wrong. You just got to ask for it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There is buzz going for it. But if you drop it, like, Two days before Black Friday, no parent is going to be prepared to go out, to fight the crowds, like they do anyway, to get that. Because they make their plan days in advance on what they're going to get on how, and how they're going to do their stuff. I mean, I know I do. Uh, granted, I'm not doing Black Friday this year. But, you know, you, you plan out before you do something like that. You've got to. And especially with something like the Nintendo Mini, to uh, the, the N64 Mini, to drop it right then and there... I mean, it's going to create too much chaos, and I don't think that it sell. I don't. Th- it, it would definitely sell, but I don't think it would be as well received as if it had a special time itself to you know to come
2: out. What I what I'd like to see is for them to remake those games, some of those games, Mario sixty four, but also Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask with the more modern graphics. Maybe even using the engine straight out of Breath of the Wild. It's, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. That would be awesome. Those games aren't really getting played by, like, there's a lot of people that have never played those games, and they could uh, update that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that could be cool. I mean, Nintendo just is, Nintendo, I don't want to get too far ahead here, because I know we're going to get into this part about Nintendo's just business strategies are always seen to be questionable at times, but uh, again, we'll get into that in a minute, but.
1: What, you got anything else clear? That's that's about it in the in the big pieces of news. Those are you know the big big chunks that I've seen. I mean, be watching. They they've dropped Black Friday ads, so you can see there. Also, be careful when you're watching them. I read an I read an article today about some of the deceptive tactics that are happening with gaming and electronics in the Black Friday ads. So you know, watch out. You know, make sure you're doing your research on your Black Friday ads if you're just if you're going to hit those things. So. So they, I was at Target today, and they had a, a Samsung TV.
0: I think it was like a fifty inch, maybe been a fifty five. I don't remember. It was a four K, a UHD, um, one hundred twenty megahertz scan, you know, rate and all that. Um, what else? It had three HDMI, which is good. But it's a Samsung. It's five hundred fifty bucks. And I was like, dude, that's a pretty good deal there. And almost they had the same. They had a, a curved one, and a, is the curve just a, a
1: hype thing? It's basically it doing. It's basically a gimmick. I mean, yeah, yeah you get yeah How you get different it? view, yeah you get different viewing angles on it, but eh. So I was going
0: to get one because my TV puts off so much heat, dude. I've had that thing since 2006, and it gets hot in this room. and It's 720, and I was just playing Xbox 360. And it's kind of what we always talk about the difference between a PS4 and a 360. I couldn't really see the difference obviously not on my 720 TV that much but even in pictures but anyway that's not what we're talking about but anyway the point is I'd like to see a difference it's gonna take a 4k TV I think I'm gonna go get it tomorrow but anyway I, uh, I was leaving Target and I looked at the side of the building which we just had Hurricane Michael come through and I saw the Target emblem except for it was damaged by the hurricane it had taken off the red part of the circle from about halfway down And it looked like a Pokeball. Oh, gosh. And so I took a picture of it and posted it on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. And like, hey, look, I don't know what, something like, um, maybe Target must be going exclusive Pokemon now. Thanks, Hurricane Michael, or something like Mm -hmm. that. And I'm just trying to see if it'd get a reaction. And can you guess if it got a reaction or not off of Twitter? You got, like, three views. I I don't know how many views. I don't even check the views. (laughs) I don't check my followers or anything. I just check if people liked it. Nobody liked it. But I, it's just I just I personally kind of thought it was stupid. But I just said, let me just throw this out to the Twitter universe and see if they're like it's like fishing. You just got to like throw it out there, see if the cork like
1: bobs a little bit. Well, and if, then you if, snag it up, if Twitter's like fishing, dude, you're starving. What well, is? I'm I just mean, just so, you're, no, you're the starving. The only way I got a reaction like was, <laughs> to,
0: was to say something negative about like. Uh, the Democrats. <laughs> I got a like. It's like the opposite. Everybody's starving for like some type of conservative uh, comments now, especially on Twitter. It's just crazy. But um, but anyway, yeah, I got one like from a dude that never likes my stuff, but he is following me. But um, but anyway, yeah. So I did put that. But if you are not on Twitter and following Hollywood Cole, that's what you're missing. You would have seen the Pokeball from there you Target. Go. You're not going to see that anywhere. That's an original picture that is out there. I put it on Instagram
1: too, and I got like two likes. You should have. You know, joke of the day or something like that, <laughs> and see if you can start getting followers that way, and just see if they start hitting. Twitter. Twitter.
0: It's all a joke on Twitter for me, man. <laughs> but um, all right, cool, dude. So, Dustin, what is your like background as far as like video games, man? I mean, what did you start off playing, and uh, what do you have now? What are you playing now?
2: Uh, right now, I have an Xbox One, and I've just been taking a break from it, really. Um especially since the whole like downloads, the mandatory downloads really got me down on games but I'm probably getting I'm definitely getting Red Dead this fall uh started out with uh, well I guess it was the Atari before the NES on, okay and uh on a black and white television nice, nice. Frogger <laughs> ET ET didn't play so well I think it was just the Atari that was black and white. Well, no, the TV was black and white because we later played Metroid on the same television, and it was, it was in nice. black and white. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, that would probably
0: been trippy. So you played. So you were. Uh, you played uh, regular NES, Super Nintendo. Pretty big into that. Super NES yeah. and so on. Or, NES. Or are you? Were you more Sega?
2: I I played a little bit of Sega. It was kind of cool back then. You know, it was a little bit different. Uh, they had the. Uh, not just like the Sonic game where it was the 3D where you're running down the track, but they also had, uh, the, what was the one where you transform into the beast? Um, yeah, Altered Beast. Yeah, Altered, Altered beast. beast, there you go. It was kind of, you know, it was different. It was, um... But... it's like a first arcade port back home. That yeah, they was had like Eternal like Champions and it was real colorful. Um, <laughs> yeah, bloody. Yeah. Um... But uh, mostly Super NES in the 16-bit era, and then I played a lot of both systems in the 32-bit era, uh, 32, 64-bit era. Uh, yeah. So have you kept up with all the systems,
0: like you know 64, then the next one you got was uh, you know PlayStation Two, and then Xbox 360, or so. You know what I'm saying? Did yeah. you every 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 generation, generation it, were yeah, you always a
2: gamer? Dreamcast, GameCube. Uh, then I went over to the 360. Uh, I didn't get the Wii because it was just the software. Yeah. Just it wasn't there, man. It just uh, there wasn't Bioshock. What? There there wasn't gonna be a Red Dead. You know, no GTA. It wasn't gonna happen on that system. Um, yeah. And then I got the Xbox One, and it's uh, you know the, just this generation with all the mandatory downloads. It's been kind of Kind of depressing, and but at the same time, you know, it's 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 funny to see that Nintendo has kind of has been proven right with all of this, as with their restraint. Uh, I think that the whole 4K thing it's it's all way too soon, and Nintendo is benefiting from all of this. They're benefiting because you just put the game in, and it's instant. You're playing the game. Game comes on. If there is a download, it's not going to be forty gigabytes. Yep, that
1: yeah. is
0: true. They have got games that you can just kind of get sit down and play. You don't have to really. I mean, I don't know. There's something relaxing about just playing a game instead of playing Call of Duty, um, which obviously war game, yeah. But you know, playing any game where you're online, even like Destiny or whatever, where your other people are kind of depending on you, versus like me and my son are just playing Mario Odyssey. You know, and it's just such a just this is a video game, there's a, there's a part of me, I, mean, if, I got a, a huge collector of video games and stuff, obviously, so like, um, there still was a part of me, maybe not all the stuff that you see behind me, the, the old retro games and stuff, but like the, maybe the PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, all the stuff, just selling all this, and just only my system is going to be the Switch, yeah, I was thought about that for a little while, just because it just kind of, you know, I got so many of these games, I don't even get to really play in fact I bought one at GameStop today and it's still sitting in the bag like right when I came in the door it's just up <laughs> on a little shelf I well, um, mean I've, I've
1: got Red Dead too, and I haven't played it much either so I mean I know, I know the pain you know it's like you get these games don't play them much and that's why that's what waiting i waiting on it <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way, same with my switch. I mean, I, I've got a switch sitting over here. I love playing my switch. I and mean, just for the same facts that y'all stated, it's drop the game in, you're ready to go. You don't have to worry about getting online. You don't have to worry about having connections. You don't have to worry about other people. You can just play and have fun and enjoy the game for what it's worth and what it's meant to be, you know? Yeah. And then you look at games that we play like with destiny, with battlefield, with battlefront, with all of these games that have to be connected to the internet to play. It's just you like, own it. really, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you technically, even though you own the disc, you technically don't own the game because if they ever cut the servers off, you can't play the game then. I mean, it's yeah, the honestly, problem. Yep. I mean, think about it. That's what Fortnite is. That's what PUBG is, is you're just buying a license to play on their server. That's all it is to play through your box to their server. You know, that's so. why I can't do digital games man it's just like so
0: just the, the mental part of it to me like oh thanks for letting me download this access to this file that you have and will continue to have and you know I'll give you sixty dollars for access to it as opposed to a heart it's just a game you know and yeah. it's just the difference between the old school mindset of owning a cartridge or even a CD when PlayStation was out when it, or nothing was
1: online versus just a file you know access to some file to download. Well, it's I want terrible. to. I want to talk to these kids in about ten to fifteen years when Fortnite is completely gone, and they've spent hundreds of dollars on this game, and ask them, do, "Do you now, since you've spent all this money on this game, that you cannot ever play again? How do you feel about that? You know, what are you know? Do you feel like you wasted your money? Do you feel like you wasted your time because you you can't access it anymore? You know, I mean, in a way, I kind of feel like I've wasted my time on Destiny because. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can play it now, <laughs> but give it a little bit longer, and they'll cut the they'll cut all access to the servers. I mean, just like yeah. with uh, SoCon, you'll never go back to go and enjoy it
0: after you know ten yeah. ten years from now. You can't, and that's the that's uh, you know, again, you talk about these old school games and stuff. Is, are there going to be collectors in the future? Only only Nintendo players, as Dustin was alluding to. <laughs> um, not uh, you know, not these other ones. I mean, you got you, you know. Not, okay let's not forget you know you get god of war even red dead um you know there's a, a lot of good single player games out there but it is seem,
1: does seem to be going more um but you know, e- online but even some of the single player games requires an internet connection yep they do and when you're looking know, at that that's ridiculous yeah but anyway yeah sorry i cut
0: out again it's all good well, let's go ahead and get into zelda man So let's just go ahead and talk about this. Uh, Zelda 1 um, as an open ended, you know, kind of open world adventure for the 8 bit era. And it just came along because people started one of these more in depth experiences that came around in the arcade era. And that's why, like we've heard, we've talked about before, the games are so hard. A lot of them are arcade ports on NES. So they just really didn't know how to, what video games were. You know, even Mega Man, very difficult game. That's just thought it was, that's what video games were. But uh, Zelda was kind of the new, a new breath here. Um, you know, it starts you off. In fact, they were going to start you uh, with the sword. And sh- you know, you, at the beginning of the game, you have to go into the little cave. And it says dangerous to go along. And you get the, you get the uh, wooden sword. And they did that on purpose to try to show you, like, you know, hey, you're going to have to discover stuff. Just kind of show you that you go in the cave and you pick stuff up. Kind of introduce you to this baby, step you into this thing. And then it just sets you free. And you had a little map that came with the game—the only way that you kind of know where to go. So they kind of made, uh, you know, a little magic there, and obviously put help put Nintendo on the map. And it's definitely a classic. Everything's, in fact, every Zelda since then has pretty much been the exact same thing, as far as killing Ganon and you know Link and it's you know they got some timeline that's just just convoluted. That's oh, obviously an afterthought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but. um but anyway, so then they did Zelda 2's uh, Link to the Past on Super Nintendo. Kind of went back to that original thing, Zelda 2. As you ever know, it was kind of an offshoot, kind of weird. Ocarina of Time is where we start seeing this stuff change. And I had the Game Boy, Link's Awakening, um, Minish Cat for Game Boy Advance, and all these other uh, Oracles and Seasons. I didn't really play any of those. I uh, played Link's Awakening. Um, but it's just as far as the consoles go, not counting the handhelds, O- Ocarina of Time is where it kind of started shifting uh, and it is a little bit it is open-world still but it is kind of not as open-world it's a little bit more you go here you get this item and you got to use that item on the boss all right cool and they, you can kind of see this thing happening you go to the next dungeon you got to use this find an item and you're gonna use that item on the boss Then you access a little bit more into the world and so on each time so that's when you start seeing that it starts getting very very linear and then they say, you know, Breath of the Wild comes out, and Miyamoto's like, you know, I want to take it back to the open world. That's why he invented the game to begin with, is because, as we we probably all know, that we're uh, who I'm talking to knows this, but uh, if you don't, Miyamoto invented Zelda because he wanted to have a, that childlike wonder he had going into caves and stuff like that when he was a kid running around Japan and wanted to invent a game that could try to capture that, and that's what he did. So... That being said, uh, you know, uh, Dustin, what is your favorite Zelda? I mean, so if you don't like, so for all intents and purposes, do you like Breath of the Wild first? Let's just say that.
2: Uh, I had mixed feelings about it. There's good things about it, and there's bad things about it. Um, yeah. My favorite Zelda is Link to the Past. It's I think it finds it has the perfect balance between direction. And freedom. Um, of course, you can pick up a chicken it's, and throw it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. But I've it's, referenced uh, that a lot, it's, sorry. It's That's just, just uh, a joke. <laughs> it's to, it's immaculately designed. It's it's the perfect Zelda, um, as far as dungeons and bosses and just finding that balance where like like. Ocarina of Time, it started getting more, it was definitely more linear, and the world felt smaller, even though it was really, really cool to see for the first time the sun rise and you're in a 3D landscape, and it was real magical in that sense, but at the same time it was kind of, they had to devolve things because they were having, they were clearly having trouble with 3D at that time they were just trying to figure out how to build these games in 3D and Zelda was just an incredibly huge 3D Undertaker. game there was there was no 3D game like that for a while like it was maybe Shadow Man <laughs> Shadow Man but it was you know Shadow, Shadow Man Shadow Man before that Shadow Man came out um uh, 98 or 99 I think. Um yeah, it's about it, the same it, time. It was on the Dreamcast. Uh didn't Ocarina of Time come out 98 98? or something. So I guess Shadow yeah. Man came out a little bit later. Uh, Shadow Man was on the Dreamcast as well, so that was Yeah.
1: What so clear. What did you uh what's your, what's your favorite one? Um I would say that probably my Uh-oh. favorite one. <laughs> I'd probably have to <laughs> He's say some. Well, yeah, I'm reading the timeline because, like the, uh, the yeah, the time, what's it say? The timeline. You want timeline for Zelda? Or? The timeline of Zelda of all oh, the games yeah, in even. Zelda, it's crazy. But like, yeah. um, I would have to say like, it'd be a split between, um, A Link to the Past because I really love that game. I mean, you've heard me several times on the on this podcast say that I've lost time running around picking up a chicken and throwing a chicken. There, because I mean, just it was just so much fun because you could do just so much, and it was just a really nice looking game on the Super Nintendo. So it's like a really clean looking game, controls were really great, really. um, It was like a a simple game, but yet a really fun game. It wasn't like overly challenging, but. Just a really, a really enjoyable game. And then with Ocarina of Time, I really loved playing it and going through the different timelines it had in its game as well. And speaking of that, Ocarina of Time actually splits the the Zelda games timeline up. It's crazy. If you ever get a chance to read it, I'll post the article of the timeline on on our page so you can read it. How much it just goes into craziness. And the first game is not actually the first game in the timeline. It's crazy how that all falls in. So not off to a good start on fan versus hater, because my favorite one is
0: linked to the Past as well. <laughs> uh, I think that that's obviously the, the uh, golden standard for a Zelda game, just simply because it's kind of like you were saying, the, um, the exploration is there. It's enough to keep you enter- interested in uh, exploring, and, uh, but, but kind of not so vast that you get lost. But, um, you know, that being said, I, you know, Breath of the Wild, after doing a little bit of research on this, uh, while I was playing Breath of the Wild, dude, I sat down and bought that game, and I played it through I was done. I didn't play a single other game. I loved it. That's a, you know, like, Red Dead Redemption 2, I've turned it off and played other games since then. You know, and I've said, I've said on the uh, smooth ramblings that Red Dead Redemption 1 was my favorite game, or second favorite game. Um, which it was. So I love the Western thing, but Red Edition two will not didn't keep my attention like Breath of the Wild. So this is going to be a close one. Uh, Link to the Past and Breath of the Wild. The only thing keeping Link to the Past up there is just because I've gone back and played it several times. But after doing my research, I do want to get it on the Switch again and play it again on the Switch. I got it on the Wii U. Yeah. Um, I think that the best three D Zelda is Wind
2: Waker.
1: Yeah, me too. See, we're not going to have, a good, uh, <laughs> see, gonna have so, a good. See that was that, that that one messed with me because I didn't I didn't like I didn't like the art on it. I I, I didn't I am I wasn't a huge fan of, of the cell shading type art style they did on Wind Waker. I just wasn't. It is goofy, but it, I, it just felt, didn't holds it up. just didn't fit for me. I mean, just I was like, eh. I lost interest way too quick, in it and it just didn't play it. Oh, see you're talking about. Ocarina of Time and the time travel thing,
0: man. I mean, this is so... The fans were trying to piece together this timeline and just keep hassling Nintendo for a timeline. So they just came up with something just out <laughs> of the blue. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's not even a real timeline. There's no way they had this in... They should just say Other that. than A Link to the Past and Zelda Zelda 2 is obviously a known sequel to Zelda 1. And A Link to the Past is obviously a prequel to that, all, both of those.
2: But... Yeah, I don't. You know, other than the ones that are directly linked, they yeah. should just they should just portray each new entry as as just a different either timeline or alternate dimension. So you can do a different story each time yeah just say there is no story
0: it's just a straight because you can't kill Zan Z- Ganon and then Link is the hero even Link is the hero and then it'll tell you about the history of a hero named Link in, this, in the game the game itself story didn't even make sense or oh, like Link to the past or whatever or what was it I don't remember, I think it was Link to the past I mean, oh in the past there was a hero you know one of those like that I mean, maybe I'm thinking about Ocarina of Time but um, it's just the story has never been there for Zelda uh but anyway, so Breath of the Wild, though, just the vastness. That, so they wanted to go back to the exploration. And, dude, I think, personally, they crushed the exploration piece of this game. This is how you do an open world. And that you can just run around, and at every corner, Like let's just say, you pull up your little binoculars, you look across the thing, you see a um, temple or whatever, what anything you, it's point of interest. You go ahead and put a little... Um, waypoint on it essentially and just to get there you're going to run into like a handful of things that's going to derail you all of them equally as interesting to try to figure out that's what I
1: loved about the game except for the rain the rain is a pain I hate hate it when it rains because you're going to get hit with lightning every time it rains you just take your metal off I, I've done that I don't care it's still it's, it's it's time
2: consuming it's, I just want to be able to run across the board and get to my spot I'm not
0: used to dealing with a, it's a the, real game it's
2: here it's when it, it starts raining when you're climbing yes yeah, you I stop like and you wait and, you're, and it won't
1: stop <laughs> yes I've had that it's like I want to climb up there to that shrine and the only way I know to get there is to climb and you won't quit raining yeah. uh, it's like so with the real, real sure. weather
0: that's in Japan whatever's going on in Japan is going on in uh, Brazil as <laughs> well. <laughs> so wherever the <laughs> Nintendo headquarters of Japan is but oh, nice. no I mean uh, I thought they crushed that I mean um, do you
2: guys think it was good or what I mean what do you think they could have done better or I think anything I think that the open world there was it was great that it was open but as I was alluding to with when I mentioned Link to the Past there was it was lacking a little bit of direction um, and the, the landscape just in the next one perhaps and we'll get into that later but the landscape it felt like it needed more dynamics I felt Um, you know the center of the landscape where the castle is it's all gentle hills Uh, some of the better areas were like you're going through the stream and it's that big mountain that's split in the middle and you can climb up either side but that's, that's that's a really cool set piece that they designed there uh there there was a lot of cool places in it it's uh it just it felt like like it it lacked direction like it was just all wide open way too wide open
0: well i mean that's just like the first one you had no uh direction at all and um and you know and you got to think about it too as far as the the gentle hills and stuff it's supposed to be hyrule castle right that was overtaken so it's not going to be like rugged and uh you know, it's not gonna be like an evil castle on the hill you know um, but I mean I, I thought the the open-world dynamics I mean with the lightning and the metal like we were just talking about you throw a metal throw something metal at uh, the moblins or something you know now they they're the ones that are worried about getting struck by lightning and just you know throwing a rusty sword and the uh, octo whatever they call them uh, and they'll chew it up and basically spit it out clean um, there's a million different things uh, that you could do that I that I liked in the dynamics. In fact, I think it's the most dynamic world. I I don't even know uh, anything that you see you can you can go to is what you kept saying, which I really like.
2: The best, the coolest thing that first stuck uh, just stood out for me for the world was the grass. I remember the first time they showed off the game, and, and they they had done the they're doing the tune shading and. It just enabled them with the limitations of the Wii U hardware to be able to render the grass and animate it. And you've got all the wind blowing through it. Uh, that was just, that was something we haven't seen. And, and since then, everybody's doing grass. I like the shell shaded stuff,
0: what they did with it too. I mean, I think they did a good call there because it's just going to be, uh, you know, that's those are like timeless graphics. I mean, you can look at Borderlands, you can look at... Uh, I mean it's the the Wind Waker, Wind Waker HD on the Wii U is uh phenomenal the way that it looks. Uh, I, I love that that play that I didn't finish that one. I didn't finish a lot of the ones uh after Ocarina of Time. I didn't, I don't think i finished a single one after Ocarina of Time except for Breath of the
1: Wild. I'm just trying to remember. So um guys, I just let's let's do this then. Let's get your um I can't remember if we said this earlier or not, but let's get your overall first impressions. Uh, let's start with uh, Dustin. What's your overall first impression
2: of Breath of the Wild? Well, when I first played it, uh, I was really ready to get off the plateau at first. And, I, I, you know, it didn't really last that long. So it wasn't... I'm not huge into intro areas uh, like or uh, tutorials this one was light on the tutorial there wasn't really any of that where the controls were like Skyward Sword was insane like the whole first five hours was tutorials and <laughs> yeah, the whole like the whole first dungeon and everything uh, and that's when I quit Skyward Sword <laughs> I just couldn't take yeah, it I didn't even yep uh, I barely played that one
0: I, I couldn't
2: I couldn't get into it but when I so I've got off of the plateau I initially I was just I was just like alright I'm just gonna go run wild any, any direction I want to uh, so I took off toward the coastline and run into some of those chameleon type lizards uh, fought some of them got down to the coast uh, ended up climbing up over the mountains went through a valley encountered a centaur and that wasn't happening so I kept going <laughs> Ended up over, you know, passed through a little bit of the desert, figured out that I couldn't go anywhere in that because I didn't have the right clothes. So I looped back up into the main, into the main valley uh, and went toward the first village you're supposed to go to. Which I took a crazy route up over the mountains and climbed over the mountains and it rained on me for a little bit and wouldn't let me climb for a little bit. But I didn't go up the path where you're supposed to meet like the little tree dude that takes all the little seeds that you collect all through the game. So yeah. I went through, who knows, like 20-something hours of the game and didn't know where that guy was.
0: Never saw him. Yeah, he disappears and goes
2: back somewhere <laughs> else. Yeah, you, I remember that. If you don't meet him, you know, you, well, if you don't go up that path to the village, like like I went over the mountains, you never run into the dude so you don't like he's one little tiny (laughs) needle in that whole map (laughs) and I just I passed him up by like a mile and uh, it was a long time before I figured out that I was supposed to go find him and and then trade in those to get weapon spots weapon slots for the menu but that was my first that was my beginning of of the game so uh, you guys can (coughs) talk about your first
0: so mine is, um, yeah, the plateau. I mean, I was ready to get off of there after about, you know, see, I get it. I know this is a tutorial area, and eventually I'm going to jump off this plateau and uh, with the little kite surfing thing and uh, hang glider with the hang glider and uh, and take on the world, man. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool um, just uh, the way that they introduced the little uh, shrines and everything and, you know, you got the old man there telling you how to do it. Uh, But anyway, once I got off the plateau, I mean, everybody's kind of experiences the same the plateau. Like, yeah, okay, great introduction. Okay, I'm just looking at the graphics, kind of getting the feel of the controls. Then once when I got off the plateau, I run up in this moblin camp, right? And you're like, okay, how am I supposed to tackle this? Just run up there and hit him and all this. And then there's a little castle there that's busted up. Um, It wasn't actually little. It was um, pretty big or whatever. And I found a bow and I'm like, oh, dude, I already got the bow. This is sick, you know. And then all the weapons are breaking. And I kind of heard about that. But, um, you know, like, oh, okay, I get a bow I can fire 15 times. And then i got to find another one. But um, but anyway, I thought it was uh, fun like that. I mean, I thought it was fun that you could just go anywhere. I kind of like the no direction. I love the stamina that you can climb the mountains and stuff. But I kind of thought, okay, how do I, you know, I walk into this mountain. Because, you know, I heard that Miyamoto say that, oh, you can go anywhere you can see. So you go to the mountain. All of a sudden, he starts climbing up the mountain. So you're like, sweet. That's how you do it. This is how this is going to work. So it's pretty intuitive in that case in that sense and uh i enjoyed it i enjoyed the first i couldn't wait to see what uh
1: what the rest of the game had in store at that point so you bring up a good point when you mentioned weapon durability in there and that's something that's new to the zelda franchise how did y'all feel about that because um some of my other friends that i game with gave me mixed reactions when i asked them the same question because before i played the game i wanted to know a little bit about it how did y'all feel about the introduction of the way they presented weapon durability that needs
2: to go that's they that should have been like in the extra hard mode for like people that just want a super hard challenge like it was just it I, I got to the the point where I quit the game was when I realized I had a bunch of weapons in my inventory that I wasn't using because I was afraid they were going to break yeah. <laughs> yep. and that's, I was like I don't want to lose true. the black master sword so yeah
0: you'd have a good you have a good weapon and not use it i mean that happened to me too i mean at first first, i automatically was like i'm gonna hate this this is that almost like turned you off of the game completely i mean you really your weapons break you know what are you talking about you can't have a steady weapon you know it's one thing to have a group of weapons that are gonna break maybe and then have certain items like okay the wood sword the white sword uh, you know, and so on a master sword, of course. Which the master sword doesn't break; it runs out of power, but you still can't use it. Um, but it's it fit. I mean, I got used to it, and I enjoyed it. And I can't say that I didn't enjoy it. But what I rather? But you know, if my mind is running wild here and say, would well, I rather have that, or you know, some type of mechanic to where you know it don't have to be three swords; it can be you know ten swords, fifteen swords, and fifteen spears, and you know. 10 bows or whatever that you steady, maybe they have a special ability, especially in this dynamic world. Maybe this is a metal spear that's a little bit durable, but it doesn't get struck by lightning, something simple as that. Or it's more effective against moblins or uh, more powerful at night. I mean, you could have, you know, some way to make you switch between the weapons, uh, but they didn't break would may have been uh, better. Because the only thing that, here, here's the problem, I mean, the, the, the biggest problem with this is that. We've already kind of talked. Determined that Zelda about exploration. You know, when you find a chest, you're like, "Dude, great I man! What's going to be in here?" And then you open it up, and it doesn't matter how good of item it is. You're like, "Dude, this is a temporary item." Yeah. You know, and that's what kills it. Uh, that's the that's the real thing that kills it. If it was just you know, you get a great sword or something, you're like, "Dude, this is going to be great." And now now I got something better. and more powerful. But uh, I mean, I guess your clothes, uh, you know, they weren't temporary, but. Um, you know, everything else, you want weapons. I mean, that's what's fun about it. So, I mean, that that choice there, they're trying to reinvent it a little bit. Uh, should they keep that mechanic or add something? I think they should kind of take that back to the drawing board as well uh, and kind of do something that I was talking about with just finding various different weapons. I mean...
1: It's the wrong kind of realism
2: in a video game.
1: <laughs> so I actually have a <laughs> counterpoint to that because I actually enjoyed that part of the game because it made me think about how to attack the next... Uh, group of moblins next centaur next whatever it made me think ahead of time. Okay, I've got these specific weapons. How am I going to use these to help better my fights? How am I going to go when I go attack this? It made me actually think of more of a strategy. And every time I think of Zelda, I think of exploration, but I also think of okay, what's the strategy I take? You know, how do I tackle this? Um, how do I tackle this boss? How do I tackle this next step? What what do I need to have to? you know, fight fight it in the best possible way and have the best possible outcome. It's almost like with Mega Man, you, you you fight the enemies in a specific order so that way you can have the best possible outcome for you. And to me I felt like okay, that's a really cool benefit there. And the one the only one I wish they would have taken the durability off is the shield. I felt like the shield mm-hmm. should have been more durable or had no durability to it because I mean it, it, it can take hits and it can constantly take hits maybe it's a little you know less efficient at blocking hits later yeah. down the road but it shouldn't have lost durability because it's just not gonna stop yes it could break but when you get if to like wood. steel and yeah like the wood ones they should be able to break but when you get to the metal shields you know it should just get weaker not really so you it know could be they, the they should of break. having
2: a metal shield yeah
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I, I can
0: certainly see that. I mean, when you start again, kind of, I'm kind of going to keep uh, comparing this to the old Zeldas. Um, but like, uh, like we were just talking about, you go to like just take Link to the Past, the first Crystal World where you find the hammer, and then at the, the final boss, guess what? You got to use the hammer. So that's the strategy, right? You know that you're t- kind of talking about, and it's you kind of know, okay. I got the hook shot in this uh, map, so I'm going to have to use the hook shot on the boss. Or in this labyrinth, i got to use it on the boss. You know? So that's, that's a very basic type of strategy. And what you're talking about, Clear, is uh, that's a very good point. I mean, that's what make, made me enjoy those weapons as well, uh, that, that broke like that. Uh, because you kind of have it now, instead of that little simple boss strategy, you do have to have a strategy for every fight. And it makes mm-hmm. you think a little bit. And I, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the, the game. And it's with that mechanic in there. It's just would I rather see a different one? I don't. I mean, that's tough.
1: I mean, that's a tough choice. I'm actually fine with that mechanic. So, um, but you know, that's that's just part of Zelda, in my opinion. Um, so, another thing that I want to ask both of y'all is Zelda it, I, throughout all of Zeldas, you have the heart containers. As far <laughs> as I know, all the Zeldas have the heart containers. Did you? How do you? How did you feel about the way that you had to gain heart containers in this? Because it made you make a choice: do you want stamina or do you want heart containers? And I'll have a follow-up question about the stamina after this. But the, the heart containers is, do you how, do, how did you
2: feel about gaining heart containers in this version of Zelda? We need dungeons. That's just plain. That's just plain and simple. We need dungeons, and you can have a heart container at the end of the dungeon. You can. I didn't have a problem with how. There were heart containers gained during the you know the rest of the quest in this one, but just have at least five or six dungeons, and that you, you play the dungeon and you get that reward at the end. Yeah,
0: that's the way it should. I, I like that too. They had what four dungeons, and then you got the uh, ca- castle. So there's five uh, big ones, but they're not, I don't remember
1: what you got at the end of them. They're not really so dungeons, you didn't, though. So you didn't, yeah. So you didn't feel like the shrines were dungeons. I mean, I know they weren't any
2: really uh, thing attacking the, there. The mini shrines, you know, they're they're just like they're little mini things, you know, mini puzzles. But as far as the divine beasts, they just don't feel like dungeons to me. Uh, the The final boss, it's not a theme to the final boss. You don't have a special item that works. With the strategy there, with that uh, with that character, it's it's actually it's it's the tablet that you're using. It's the special powers you're using against the the divine beasts. Um, yeah, I I'd, the best one that it worked with was the ice where you you create the ice cubes or he's shooting yeah. the ice cubes at you and you have to blow them out of the air. I think it was um, that was the one that worked best because you used the motion control and it was real fast. Uh, I thought that was that was a good use of it, but the, the dungeons and removing that, removing the hearts there, and getting those special items that really removes the the player's motive, driving them, you know, to, to explore. You know, you want to find that dungeon that's just under a stump. You know, it's just something really fantastic under something that's really mundane.
1: Yeah, and that's
2: then, true. And then and there's a reward in there, of course, like a magical boomerang that doesn't break. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I like that point. I, I like that point. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought about it that way. So,
0: yeah, I like the shrines. I mean, just because there are so many of them, um, that you could just kind of go do, and you're going to get something. But again, it's like I said, it's kind of a temporary re- reward. Uh, I mean, some of them had clothes in there, so that was good. That's when you get that, you're like, oh, now I'm playing Zelda. But, um, but the uh, yeah, I mean. It's one of those. I think they're. I think they're just gonna. Not to get too far into the his the future here of Zelda, but I mean, at some point they're gonna have to find the balance between what we have now in Breath of the Wild and adding some dungeons in there, like you said with the stomp. You find this, and it, then that then that dungeon has a, a theme. Um But here's here's my thing with the dungeons. Um, and I've kind of been burned before. Like you said, Link to the Past was awesome. I loved every dungeon in there. I was excited to find a dungeon, and so on and so forth. Which they weren't really hidden. They had the little number over them. Uh, but I guess you kind of knew the area it was in. But uh, I just remember playing. I finished Ocarina of Time. And uh, I remember going to a dungeon. And I, I, in retrospect, I'm assuming I remember which one it was, the one with the, uh, which you had to put the weight boots on and go to the water come back up and it was a big pain they changed it in all the other versions but in the N64 version you had to go all the way into your like it what inventory you had to go all the way to something else uh, and change your, your boots and it's just more a lot of more steps to do that anyway all that to say you know I didn't think anything of it at the time but then when I went to another dungeon in Ocarina enough Time I remember going oh dude I don't want to do another dungeon I'm sick of it you know it's gonna, when I did that I was like "Man, this is supposed to be the game You know, this is supposed to be what's fun about it so that kind of crushed me on um, this three D these three D dungeons and stuff. And, I mean, um, I played Twilight Princess, never finished it. Wind Waker, never finished it. Summer Skyward Sword, obviously didn't finish it. And then Breath of the Wild. And so the dungeons, three D dungeons. You know, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. That's just me. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that love the three D dungeon. But uh to answer your question clear <laughs> back to the heart go ahead, things. Go ahead. I, I, so I didn't I like the reward at the end of the dungeon you generally generally, generally it's a heart container um, it's kind of a bonus because you get the item in the uh, in the dungeon as well but I didn't really mind that I, I didn't like though that you did have to choose because I don't think you could have max stamina and max life. you have to choose one or the other. Yeah. I don't like that I wish you could get both think they should have just done that like if you go through and explore all
1: that you can find all the secrets you should be able to get both max on both well so speaking of stamina and as that is being a um kind of a side spot of either heart container or stamina after you complete so many shrines you have the because it was was it three or four shrines that you had to complete before you could either pick a heart container or, or a, yes. uh, a stamina boost right and yeah. so so uh um, ha- so, 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 um, my, my question is for me, stamina bar in Zelda is new to me as far as playing Wind Waker, uh, not Wind Waker, uh, Breath of the Wild, cause this is the first like newer one that I've played in a long time. Like, is this a new thing? Did, did y'all like the stamina bar? Was this something that you felt like was
2: beneficial in the game or was it a hindrance? I, I could lose it. I'd rather lose it. But they could have again made an easier mode, or they could have just had the stamina bar in the hard mode. They could have had like an easy mode, and not had a stamina bar in it at all, or started you off with like a full circle of it. Um, it's just it slowed things down. Like you couldn't even swim across a river at the beginning. It was real like you didn't have very much stamina at all, and, uh, if we are going to keep the stamina, they need to move the dang, they need to move it up to the corner of the screen, because you (laughs) know how it jumps up right in the center of the screen? that was a little annoying. You get over it, you know, eventually, but, uh, it's, you know, when you first start, it's kind of distracting, and, uh, I just, I don't think that it's necessary, but if we are going to keep it, I think that the way to progress with it is the more you run, the more you swim, the more you climb, the more you gain on it. So if you're riding the horse a lot, you're not gaining stamina.
1: So kind of like a GTA style with like in GTA, if you worked out, you built up yep. your character, you gained more stamina. You could run longer, fight better, things like that.
2: That's Yeah, that's the way it should. If you're going to have stamina
0: no i like the stamina. i think stamina was a good addition because of the uh i mean just they just essentially used it as an invisible wall to keep you out of areas until you leveled up and it's just a good another layer of dynamic to um to do that i mean if you could just climb up any mountain without falling kind of defeats the purpose uh you know there's was just several times i remember not being able to reach a mountain then i said man i gotta get something i mean it, Okay, i can get my stamina, and then now, oh, I can't wait to get back there. I'm going to get to the top of this mountain this time. Got to get the better gear. Yeah, I mean, you could get rock climbing Rocky Mountain. Yeah, you could, so you could change it to gear instead of stamina is what you're saying. Yeah, well, there the was – the walls
2: up. Um, I don't know if you ever found it. There was rock climbing gear in the game. Yeah, yeah. And you get it, and it, and it enables you to climb faster and use less stamina, I think it was. Uh, yeah. That was one of the later things that I picked up.
0: Yeah, I and mean, it's still. I mean, it's kind of another thing that you could level up, another thing that you could, you know, the clothes now have a statistic that says, you know, use less stamina or whatever. I liked it. I mean, I, I wish it was a different way. Maybe you get this, you know, you get crystals to do your life or hearts to do your heart containers up, and you get crystals or something to do your um, stamina up. I mean, I don't think they should be both, but uh, I like the stamina. I think they should keep it if another open world like that.
2: The next topic I was gonna thinking about was um, the lack of character connection in the game.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. I didn't I didn't feel connected to. What do you
2: mean? Are you
0: connected to Link? Are the characters connected to each other? Yeah, the
2: character Link doesn't really feel connected to the other characters in the world. There's a few of them that are really like old characters that were uh, apparently alive when he was alive, but there's not that kind of connection like in Ocarina of Time where you have with the girl in the forest and there's this kind of personal connection with the world and the characters.
1: Well, it feels like to me, and like, the, just to add into that, just cause that's, that was a thing for me is like, you know, Link was what it technically is like really old. He was put in stasis or whatever for and woke years. up to the, Yeah, for 100 years and woke up into this time. So, I mean, yeah, he would have a disconnect, in my opinion, just because all these people only knew about the myth of Link, not actual Link. You know, you have a few that were like, oh, yeah, I remember you, Link. I was, you know, whatever. But there's going to be that disconnect. I think that that... I didn't like it, but yet when I think back back on it, I think it fits just because of the way they did the storyline. Once again, though, it also feels like... It was kind of a jumbled storyline as well, too. So, so how did this, how did Zelda survive a hundred years,
0: or any of them survive a hundred years if he was that's fridge logic.
2: What's that? Fridge logic. logic? Yeah, fridge logic. Were they all frozen? No, no. Fridge logic is a term from Hitchcock. He says that uh, fridge logic is when you get home after you see a movie and you're poking around in the fridge and. And you're you're getting the, the the cold chicken out, and that's when you think back and you realize there was a plot hole in the movie. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> a huge plot hole. <laughs> I was froze for a hundred years, Link. That's why you don't remember us. Oh, we grew uh, up. They should have had said. a twist
2: inning where you free her and then she like ages all at once and turns into a raisin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: like Zelda's that's kid funny. or something. I mean, but uh, as far as the disconnect goes, man, I've never. Had a you know in Zelda a connection to any of the stories. I mean, it's always the old woman, uh, like I'm trying to think of Link to the Past if there's any characters there at all. Uh, the man and the sanctuary. I mean, nobody really,
2: the kid with the flute and the mother. That,
0: yeah, see, I didn't, it
2: was, it was very that was the beginning of it. But when then we get into Ocarina of Time, what was the character's name, Sarita? Like the little girl at the ranch or something. No, 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 um, the girl in the forest. One of the Co- Kokira kids. Oh yeah, I don't remember that far back. And so there was that. It wasn't just Zelda and Link. It was there was his connection with that character, and um, and then you you what? went on the little adventure with the Zoras. Um, it just it felt, it felt like you were connected to the world more. I, f- I feel uh, where. With this one, there just there wasn't, there really just wasn't a character other than Zelda. Zelda's, but Zelda well, you never encounter her until the end.
0: Anytime you do a silent protagonist, it it's just to me. I mean, it's just it doesn't it's weird. And there's debates on whether you you know silent protagonist draws you into the game more or because uh, oh, I can be that character, which you know no they're not talk. I don't I can't change what they're saying i can't answer anything it's not me i'm still watching a story unfold so let my character play in the story you know um that's my whole uh debate on that but anytime there's a silent protagonist it just i just it just is awkward and in fact not to get too derailed but chrono trigger um spoiler for chrono trigger chrono dies at some point in the mo- in the show or the <laughs> game i mean it's a movie in the uh, game, you have to go get a doll and bring him back. Um, and now you got Chrono again. Well, at that point on, I started noticing, like, Chrono's weird because he's not talking. And I didn't even realize that Chrono was being a silent protagonist until after that. And that's like, that's like 75% through the game. I don't know if you played uh, Chrono Trigger. I never played But Trim- Yeah, so, I mean, people that are... Anyway, the point is... That story was good, and it. But you know, but anyway, I noticed at some point, like, man, something's weird. And that game is one of my, you know, that's like my number four favorite game. But I mean, so I love the game. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it threw threw you off a little bit. You, you know, so I, I hate silent protagonists. And if you're going to give me a silent protagonist in Link, there's never going to be a connection amongst the characters from my character who says nothing yeah. to the story characters. You know what I'm saying? So I just never expected it to yeah. be a connection.
1: So. Well, I hate to do this, but I'm going to fast track us through this a little bit. So we've talked about, you know, basically the beginnings and everything just to kind of the feel of the game. The uh, And I forget what they're called, the four beasts that you have to fight before you can fight Ganon. How did y'all feel about the way that they put that into the game? You know, because that basically took the place of, like Dustin was saying earlier, that basically takes the place of dungeons. How did y'all feel about those four beasts that you had to fight before you could go on
2: and tackle Ganon? Uh, they were empty there weren't any there were just a few of those little slime monsters in them and they're just uh, no unique theme to each one it was all of them used the, the whole like you went to the little stations and like maybe you'd like rotate the, the divine beast Um, it was it was just a big macro puzzle which it was cool and that That's you know, as just a standalone puzzle, but replacing the dungeons, that was a mistake. That was the that was the real issue. It wasn't the content there in in the Divine Beast as much as the missing dungeons. They're not they're not as complex or deep or unique as a dungeon.
0: Yeah, they were empty. I mean I'll get granted, you know, you wanted to see treasure chest, you know. You block- bomb the wall, all the old school stuff. Uh, that would have been a lot of fun to do. I do like the puzzle. It is a big puzzle. They are very clever in the puzzle uh, creation. And, um, but I mean, I like. You know, if it is the dungeon thing. I mean, if you had a little these other dungeons, I mean, you don't even got to have a full up dungeon that's going. That you're going to sit in for forty five minutes to figure out or anything. But make it bigger than the shrines. Make a little 20-minute dungeon. Make it make it a little 10-minute dungeon or something. I guess the shrines took 10 minutes, but let's just say you knew how to do it. It would still take you 10 minutes to do it. You know, something like that, at least where there's treasure hidden in there. Um, maybe kind of like the little um, trials from Final Fantasy X, you know, uh, where you would walk up and you knew in that trial there's, you know, puzzle... And you're gonna get something at the end of that trial, but also there's a treasure somewhere hidden in the trial. When you get the destruction orb or whatever, if you can remember that, um, and so that would you know those are that would be like a little dungeon, and maybe something like that for Zelda. But as far as the Divine Beast, I mean, I kind of like the story of it, but uh, and I kind of like the worlds. I go to the flying world, go to the the desert and go to the, and how you kind of got to get to the beast. And I thought they did good with that. I mean, and then then the, what happens when you kill him or get, get control of it again or whatever. I thought it was pretty good.
2: I thought the closest thing to dungeons in the game were actually the mazes. Did you put them? I don't, I don't remember the maze. I don't remember the mazes. So I think they were like just a, three lost of Lost woods and stuff. No, No, not the lost woods. That was, I didn't like how they did that one where it was like a, all foggy and everything. I really wanted, like, a big forest that was, f- like, free roam or had trails, but that was, like, really hard to find your way through. But but there were the mazes, like, that were all in stone, and they had huge, tall walls, like, 100-foot-tall walls, which I don't, I don't understand why. Because oh, you could yeah. climb all the way to yeah. the top of them anyways. Um, I remember that. But they... That, you know, they just had some enemies, and it was kind of like a little labyrinth, yeah, the mini they had labyrinth. Treasure chest, yeah. They had a little mm-hmm. treasure chest in there too. Some cool items in there, and um, there was yeah, yeah, there, there well. might have been a guardian in one of them. Uh, yeah, there was definitely a guardian, uh, one of those big robots, in there. Um, but those those were the most traditional Zelda esque. Um, or dungeon-like areas. Uh.
1: Okay, at the end of almost every Zelda, you fight Ganon, or Ganondorf. You fight some version of Ganon. How did y'all feel about the this Ganon fight? I haven't gotten to that Ganon fight. You know, I know they call it Calamity Ga- Ganon, and <laughs> I don't know the whole story behind it yet, just because I haven't gotten that far in playing it. So... Tell me something about that and how y'all feel about the way that they did that. Uh, let's the Hollywood will see yours first this time. Um, I'm trying
0: to remember it. Uh, well, I remember he's flying around, and uh, I think it's still a motion control thing. You got to kill him. I can't remember exactly, uh, but I thought the fight. And I can't remember if he turns into the big Ganon monster at the end. I think he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, I mean, it was a it's fine, I and mean, I like the fight. I like the I like the castle. I mean, the castle was massive. Um, you can get some good weapons in there, but again, it's still temporary. I mean, there's nothing like that I remember. That I mean, if I can just right, like right at the beginning of the game, you can run off into the castle and find some really good item if you can kind of sneak around or figure out how to, you know, just if your fast twitch muscles are on point or whatever to get the item and run out with it and then finish your adventure that way with something really cool. That'd have been nice. But anyway, the point is the castle is real good. The build up to get there, I thought it was a good difficulty. Um, you know, and it, it kind of switches to that little map of the of the Hyrule Castle. Uh, and there's a lot of ways to get to the top of it and get to Ganon. But the Ganon fight itself, I mean, did, that, well, that just goes to show you how memorable was it. I do vaguely remember it. I don't remember the mechanics that you had to do to defeat him. I remember he's just a guy flying around. You kill him, then he's this huge, massive thing. And I'm pretty sure you got to kind of use your little um, hang glider to get it to a certain height, and so you can shoot shoot at a glowing part somewhere. I can't remember exactly how it how it went down but that kind of tells you right there and actually I got the good ending somehow um, and I was like okay I mean again it's, but it is, you know, is I'm not really connected I don't really care about rescuing Zelda I mean you want to, that's just the whole thing it's always like that it's just more about the adventure to me that's probably why I like this one better
2: yeah the, usually Ganon the Ganon fights are, are a let down I think in Ocarina of time, you're just bouncing the orb back and forth with him. In um, Wind Waker, it's a giant puppet or a marionette. <laughs> you guys remember that? It's um, I never got that that far. Yeah, it's a giant marionette, uh, Ganon. It's it was kind of a letdown. Um, that sounds quite <laughs> corny, right there. That sounds very corny. Yes, uh, you gotta hit the hand <laughs> that's controlling it. <laughs> Um, just a I, big hand right there. I think you cut the strings. Man, it's been forever since I played that boss fight. But the other boss fights in that game are top notch. Some of the the best dungeons and bosses in a 3D Zelda game. The camera work in that one's great. Th- this one, I think, borrows a lot more from that one in terms of that the camera work compared to Twilight Princess, where the camera was just you you could go left and right. And and then there was no camera in Skyward Sword, Um, but Ganon, you know, it's just a giant monster, and then he gets even bigger at the end. He's you go out into the overworld, and he's just he's just two hundred foot tall, and like you ride around, and and I I can hardly remember. I fought him one time. You know, more importantly, I think would be that uh, since you can beat him with in you know at, at any point. I think that beating Ganon should change the world. It's kind of like in Link to the Past, where you get to the halfway point in the game and you think you beat the game, but boom, you're in the dark world. Yeah. Except for, yeah. like, here you kill Ganon and, like, it changes things perhaps for the better. Um, there's just, like, after you beat him and then you, it sets you back out into the world and nothing's changed, really. Like, the yeah. game's supposed to continue.
0: Well, that's a, this is the testament here to this to this game I mean if you really talk about open world what does that really mean? I'm just thinking about this as you're talking about this it's a pretty good point um, I've gone back and played Link to the Past several times original Zelda several times um, and in an open world there should be multiple ways to do business and there is but you really should leave it um, to make you want to come back and do it again and I say that thinking that's the way that it should be but now i'm trying to think of an open world game that besides i guess link to the past that i really went back to other than final fantasy 6 and and stuff like that any rpg I, I do um but you know what i'm saying there's multiple ways to do it there should be multiple ways to do it multiple different items every time you go through it that you maybe you didn't find um and i'm sure there are but it's not really worth a broken sword to go back and play it again Either way i just hadn't played it again i really don't I have the desire to go back, and I just... I know if I buy the Switch version, I'll play it for a minute, and then I'll just be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. You know, so I just don't think I'd ever go back and play it all the way through again. And in an open-world game, that just kind of seems like a kind of bit, bit of a foul. I should be wanting to go back through and explore it again.
2: These, all, I think all of these bigger adventure games just have a high threshold for the replayability. I mean, it's it's difficult to to think about even replaying them fully through so I think it's important that when you beat the game that the game somehow is able to continue Um, GTA and Red Dead you know I've gone back and played those again but I haven't gone back and played through them yeah those are always fun because you can just you can go wild you can you can can be the villain yeah. yeah yeah Um, I'd like to be able to do that in a in a Zelda game where, like Link, you've actually got a government system in the kingdom, kind of like in Link to the Past. But say you're just walking along, and one of the kingdom guards is there, and you off him, and now you end up on wanted posters all over the kingdom, like in Link to the Past. So it's like Fable, yeah. So like, there's yeah. consequences <laughs> if they're going to
1: allow you to do stuff like that. Now Fable was a true open world game cuz it allows you to make your choices and things happen. Yeah, I liked Fable. Fable was fun.
0: So what do you think's the future of this series, man? What do you think? I I hear they're actually already starting the next entry here. Are they at least working on a Zelda? We don't know. Nobody knows for sure if it's DLC or a whole new Zelda.
2: I would I would bet that the smart thing to do would be to stick with this engine and make another game with this engine. It really d- whether or not they are gonna actually release a like a super switch or just an HD like home console. Oh that's an awesome name for
0: it, dude. <laughs> super switch. Super switch. <laughs> super
2: switch. It's like Super Nintendo. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just like a ten eighty P home console. Maybe it has a slot for you to dock your, your Switch if you already have a Switch. And it's capable of running normal games. Really, if they were going to do that, they should release a system that's more like on par with where the current Xbox One X is, so but running at 1080p, so they're not strong, you know, they're not they're not uh, bottlenecked by the 4K uh, aspect of it, so they get more out of the hardware as Sony and Microsoft release their new consoles, which would be probably 4K out of the box, but the (laughs) <laughs> yep. Just as so, far as, yeah, this, the, this engine, the graphics, the, the grass, all of that, why not reuse it? The engine
1: was fantastic. Yeah, I think they should definitely use the engine. I think it was fantastic. It, it showed off a new way to see Link in, in his environment, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed jumping off the towers with my little hand glider and the way that it looked, the way the environment felt. Even though I talked earlier about how much I hated the rain because I always got electrocuted in it, it was awesome to see the way that the environment environment changed as you went through it with the rain, with the sun, with the snow, the desert, and all that. I really enjoyed all of that. So, I mean, I think it's a great idea if they stuck with this and just built upon what they have here. Because they have a lot of good parts here. Cool. Well, yeah,
0: so I kind of think we agreed mostly on a lot of these things, uh besides maybe the stamina bar. And broken weapons. I'm torn on uh and dungeons. Uh but uh how did you do with the motion control? I think it was I thought didn't think it was intrusive at all. I thought it was okay. I didn't like the I didn't like the aiming of the motion control on I mean I did the Wii U version, so it's a big big ol' uh here's the
2: part. just I got
0: this has to be said. Uh, go ahead with your motion control. Well, first. I, I
2: when I used it, I didn't have any trouble with it at all. It really, when I was talking about the ice blocks earlier, where you like you bust them out of the air, yeah, it was like bam, bam, bam. It was it really worked well, and and that's just with a gyro, you know. That's that's not even with like uh, external cameras tracking you. And um, I'm hoping with the next game with the next system or with the next game, which they already have the split controllers with the switch that they go back to the sword controls with uh, the, uh, motion control with the sword, the motion control. And I really, but I really think that if it's going to work, it's going to have to have those, the, the, the stereo cameras um, mm-hmm. or the, yeah. the IR sensors, whatever, whichever way they want to build it to where it tracks in 3d, like the VR systems do. And, then it's just, it's real simple. You know, you're moving with the joystick and whatever you do with the controller happens on screen. And it only happens when you pull the sword out. So you're not always dealing with the motion control on.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, I hated uh Skyward sword and, um, Twilight Princess's motion controls. It never, I mean, like you said, if it is exactly what you're doing, it's one thing. And I can see a lot of use for that, but the way that it, you know, you had to, when you thrust it or push down, it, it was, you know, it's supposed to do something on the screen and it didn't really do it. I just started waving it every time I'm fighting I don't even know what I'm supposed to be
2: doing. It was wonky. It was it didn't work at all.
0: But so back to the uh, the motion controls on the Wii U. It kinda the thing that has to be said, I bought mine on like I said, a Wii U. You've heard me say it a million times on this podcast, but this this game was originally designed for the Wii U. It's obvious the Sheikah slate was supposed to be the Wii U gamepad mm-hmm. and they were gonna implement that somehow. And then they said, Well Wii U sucks, we're going to have to come out with a new system, let's have a killer app uh, for the Switch, and that's what they did. All this hype about, oh, we, we, we couldn't get quite what we wanted, so we needed to do it for the Switch. No, you didn't, you needed to sell Switch. And that's perfectly fine, you knew it would, but they took off the little, uh, the gamepad doesn't have, you know, don't say look at the TV screen or something like that, they took that part off of the Wii U, so you wouldn't buy it on the Wii U. Which kind of burned me up a little bit. It didn't burn me up. I wasn't super mad about it, but I didn't. I know they didn't want it to have an advantage, but it's like, dude, if the Wii U is such a small community that you're going to re release Tropical Freeze, if you're going to re release Mario 8 and essentially Splatoon with the updated patch and call it Splatoon 2, um, and, uh, you know, got all these other ones, Hyrule Warriors, I mean, all these other games that are great games that need to be played, but if, it, if the, the little uh, customer base is so small, why couldn't you just leave it normal, you know, and reward those Wii U members, uh, people that supported your system, with a different little, slightly different version. And so, you know, I don't know. That would have been nice. I know that there are some changes to it uh, in the Switch version, and it's probably a lot easier just to take it out of the Wii U gamepad on its own, then go ahead and update that little portion of the game completely just for that. You know, so I do see that part of it, but um, I don't know, man. I think that it would have been nice to have that. But, you know, I remember that part you're talking about vaguely with the ice. I don't remember that being a problem, but uh, it took a minute sometimes with the bow. You got to get used to the bow uh, to move the mo- the motion controls to aim the bow. Instead, so I kind of wish it would have just let me do... One or the other, motion control only, are the sticks, and it kind of would mess it up a little bit. I've never really... Do both of them.
2: I haven't really been a big fan of the bow in the 3D games. It's just not my weapon of choice. Um, yeah. I, I like the boomerang, but the boomerang was virtually useless in this. Yeah.
1: Dude. At least it comes back to you <laughs> if you threw it, and, you know, and it's like... Okay, so this is how we're going to define if this was truly a fan versus hater. Tell me your overall opinion of the game, and would you play it again? Marcus, go first. Or Hollywood, go first. Yeah, I would uh, play
0: it again, and I liked it a lot. I'll give it a 9 out of 10.
2: Um, I gave it, you know, I still stick with what I felt when I played it, an 8 out of 10. It was good, but it wasn't great. I'm not going to play it again. I gave my nephew my Wii U and the Zelda and bought a Mario Kart for it. Well, there you go. There we have a fan versus hater
1: because he gave his nephew the game and the system. He gave it a him, uh, <laughs> but he gave I it I kind, kind of rage
2: quitted so. at the end when I couldn't. You know, I was I had all those weapons and I was like running around and just kind of like nursing them. Like I wasn't using them. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And I was riding around on a deer and I didn't want to jump off the deer because I'd lose the deer. Which <laughs> cool, you could catch a deer and ride on it. But you could't yeah. keep it so you it's know like real life so I was like I've got it saved to the cool point I've got I've got my costume and I just had to I had to give up my darlings <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's not like the fan versus hater where we were
0: fighting for you know a greater purpose with destiny and uh, versus just you know a casual gamer versus somebody that you know casual which I don't think edgy's a casual gamer but you know she She's a pretty hardcore gamer, and she's passionate about the game. But my purpose is a higher purpose of, and yours too. Clear, I guess you were the the hater, or you were the hater. She was the fan. And um, even though I'm the only one that doesn't play it anymore, but yeah. uh, but anyway, that's kind of the higher purpose there. That's why I was hating hating on that game, man. But uh, this one, you know, it's hard to it's hard to find things wrong with a classic Nintendo game. But you know,
1: so well, we can
0: nitpick at it. But. It's
1: Nintendo. They they do that even though they've had their mess ups in the past, they still do certain games right. And like we've said, they they pretty much do Mario right. They pretty much do Link right. I mean, if they're gonna put put a Zelda together, they're gonna put that game to where it has some sort of fan, fun factor in it that makes people want to play it.
2: The next Mario needs to be free roam. This uh, yes, is, the, be the awesome. thing that. That needs to be taken away from this game. There's the, the best part about it is the open world, and uh, that's definitely Mario needs to be. I want to go to the Mushroom Kingdom. I want to get the Tanuki suit. I want to fly. It's that simple. That's it's, yeah, they cool. My my demands, my what entertains me is is super <laughs> simple: frog suits, Tanuki suits, fireballs, 3D I'm Mario 3. <laughs> just that i want to you know just the, the mushroom kingdom is it's like uh it's real basic it's just like going to hyrule in 3d for the first time you want to you want to yeah. experience that well yeah. nintendo you heard it first here are demands for your next
1: mario <laughs> yeah well, Odyssey was pretty cool i mean it's 3d i mean it's open
0: world per stage you go to it's like jumping in the painting uh they're massive worlds some of them but uh I liked it. I actually got well. I can't. I don't want to spoil the game for some people that hadn't played it yet. But uh, we finished. We we killed Bowser, and then it opens up to kind of what you're talking about. Hmm. But um, but anyway, cool man. Let's go ahead and land this thing, dude. Definitely. Yeah, appreciate it, Dustin, coming on here and sharing your thoughts on uh, Zelda, and uh, I think that was a pretty uh, fun discussion and kind of give some people some insight on what we liked and did not
1: like about the game. So. Like always, guys, don't forget, like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, like us on Twitter. Make sure you follow Hollywood Cole on Twitter to get those good tweets. And remember, it's Hollywood Cole, H-O-L-L-I-W-O-O-D-K-O-L-E, and Clearfire, K-L-E-R-F-Y-R-E, that you check us out, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also, too, uh, Podbean is where we, where we drop our podcast. You can get it from Spotify. You can get it from iTunes. You can get it Radio. iHeartRadio. You can get it to podca- Podcast Addict, Cat- CastBox. Basically, anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find us most likely. Cool, man. Thanks, guys. Well, will uh, see you guys later. Thanks, guys.